Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, thanks so much for joining us. So every week as you tune in, you know, with this podcast, I really am trying to change your sales game, right? Get you off the bench and in the game. And I really want to change your mindset or help you change that mindset of maybe fear-based or that word sales is icky and sleazy. And I want to help you navigate that type of change in mindset. So go to my website and I'll put the link in the show notes um, and take your free communication style assessment. It'll give you your natural communication superpowers, how people are perceiving you. Very important to understand that. It will also give you your low, your lowest intensity or your lowest score, which is a blind spot. And I shine a light on that by sharing a report on how you can navigate those that are really opposite of you and still be able to connect and sell at the highest level in integrity and respect. Now, my motivational quote, so come and join me. I hope you enjoy that free gift. Now, my motivational quote today is by Jacob Moss. And Jacob says, whatever you do and whatever story you're writing, make it human. Make sure the human element is at the center of it and shape it. Now, I believe we all love a good story, right? We all watch movies and TV shows because we love the storytelling um, that happens within them. And of course, the journey that the characters take. But somehow in business, I, I often feel like we get a disconnect between that storytelling or brand and marketing. And like me, I assume many of you, um, many business owners spend probably a lot of money on marketing, believing that it will make all the difference. And the other thing I feel like sometimes we're missing the greatest marketing advantage each of us has, and that's telling our story or sharing our unique story that could resonate with potentially more customers and clients. And the fact is businesses need more than marketing. We really need storytelling of our brand. And my guest today, back for the second time, he was on my other show, Enlightenment of Change, a few weeks back, uh, Paul Farigo, Farigo. Well, I'll share why I get tongue-tied with his last name. Yeah, we can tell that story. Hey, no, I have to tell it, Paul, right? <laughs> uh, Paul's book is Finding Your Capital S Story, Why Your Story Drives Your Brand, takes us on a journey to understand the research and history of how storytelling is scientifically, biologically, and historically the best marketing you have available to you. Now, Paul's written and edited over 20,000 stories as a journalist. He knows his, his craft here, and he's covering everything from murders to the White House. Oh, yeah. And when he moved into the agency side of marketing world, he spent a few years at Ketchum uh, right. Yeah, long known as one of the world's top PR firms. So please help me welcome Paul to the show. And again, we're going to dig in and talk about why storytelling is so important. Well, thanks, Connie, so much for having me. It's great to see you again. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and your fabulous audience. Yes. And I, I just love spending time with you. So everybody, let, I'll fill you in on the joke now. <laughs> I have a brother, Paul Frega. That is my maiden name. So every time I go to say Paul's name, he giggles with me right. because I want to say right. Frega instead of Frega. Right. So it's just a little tongue yeah. twister for me to handle. But that's, that's right. the inside joke. Your brain, your brain wants to go to what you know best. <laughs> Right. And Fariga and Fariga, they, they're pretty close. You know, I've had Absolutely. people say to me over the years uh, when there's a, a vowel missing or something, are you sure you're not related to so-and-so? And honestly, I don't know, because 
um, if you are from an immigrant family, which I certainly am, I, I will tell you that other relatives in my family tree, and I've started to do a little research, it's amazing what they could do at Ellis Island to somebody's name. Yes. And then, of course, people would change their names, right? So that they were easier to pronounce here yeah. in the United States versus the old country. Yeah, yeah. It's the same, I think, today. Like I live where I live in, in uh, New Jersey. It's a very high Indian and Asian population. Yeah. And their na- especially the Indian population from India, they have a lot of consonants in their names. So a lot of them do shorten it, just like yes. you know, our ancestors did so many years ago. So that's the inside story. You're all up to date. Okay. All right, Paul, here's, here's my, really my first question. I really want to set the stage. What is the difference between a regular story and a capital S story? And I think that'll kind of ground the conversation for us to go further. Wonderful. So as business leaders, we tell stories all day long. We're sharing stories about products. Uh, we're sharing stories with employees or other stakeholder audiences about how to get things done. We're, we're telling stories about a golf game or how we spent our weekend. Those are small S stories because with rare exceptions, they're here today and gone tomorrow. Or in the 21st century digital, digital age, they're here now and gone in five minutes. You just can't remember them, right? Because they just, they might be fun to listen to or maybe not. You don't remember them is the point. The capital S story stands above the others. That's why it gets that capital S. And it gets that capital S because it answers these four fundamental questions. Why somebody would buy from you, why somebody would work for you, why somebody would invest in you, why somebody would partner with you. And these are all considerations I think that the audience today has at one time or another. The answers to these questions form the raw material for your capital S story. It's the story that describes the very character and nature of your organization. It's very much akin to what my, one of my favorite authors, Simon Sinek, calls your why. Why do you do what you do? Sinek often says, and this relates directly to sales, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And if you are in a business or an industry where it's very, very difficult to differentiate your product or your service from your competitors, you really, really need to be sharing your capitalist story. You know, it's true because, you know, I have corporate clients and then I have these small business owners, you know, private yes. clients, and it, it's relevant for, for anybody. Absolutely. And, you know, my, my corporate side, you know, and a lot of them are banks, right? So yes. a bank is a bank is a bank, but Paul, they're all doing the same thing. They so are. I always go in and I say, why should I choose you as my banker or as my bank, right? Yes. Versus I can walk out of <clears throat> your brick and mortar building and there's 10 choices within walking distance. Yes. Why do I choose you? And that's where this capital S story becomes super relevant because it differentiates you from that competition. And now on a global scale, consultants, yep. coaches, authors, yep. you know, public speakers, podcast hosts, we're a dime a dozen. What differentiates us and that story, the essence of who we are, who our organization is, I think it's really important. Yeah, it really is. And you know what you just shared about banks, Connie. Think of it this way. That's a heavily regulated industry, right? Yes. So yes. what you're going to get uh, as interest on your savings or what, how your checking account is going to be structured, even the loans, 
it's going to be pretty similar. You know, your little story, you walk out the front door and if you're in the right spot in a downtown of your hometown or wherever, you can throw a rock and hit three or four other banks. Yeah. And that financial stuff is going to be very similar. The capital S story, if you think about those four questions, each one of those questions, the answer defines a kind of relationship. Ultimately, what sales comes down to, what marketing comes down to, what bargaining, uh, what business comes down to is relationships, right? And that's what the differentiator really is. And that's your capital S story. I love it. Now, why has there been a shift from traditional advertising and branding to this more story-based marketing? I got to tell you, my inbox is filled with, you know, are you telling your story? It's, it's shifting from, you know, yes. getting, you know, a year ago, it was all about marketing and advertising. And now I'm seeing a lot more with the storytelling. What, what's causing the shift in that? Well, it's very interesting, Connie. There's several reasons for that. Uh, three main ones. Number one, digital clutter. We're just overwhelmed by information. Mm. And so if you're selling something, you're marketing something, you're really trying to break through. Number two, science shows us that the way our brains process information is through narrative, through story. So if the world is cluttered, you know, I can get on the Internet right now and find out what the temperature is in Stockholm. Do I need to know that? Not really. But there's so much out there. I'm just overwhelmed and I'm trying to make sense of how to make the best decisions for my business, for my family, et cetera, et cetera, right? So science shows us, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth, that our brains use the narrative format, the story format to make sense of this overload. The third reason, I don't know if this is a result of the first two, it is what it is. A lot of research has been done on today's consumers the largest generation worldwide, millennials, close behind that, Gen Z. I'm a boomer. I know I don't look like it. I look like a millennial, but right now. You and me, brother from another mother. <laughs> Sad to say, though, Connie, we're passe. And even the millennials are, are passe. I was in another meeting today, and we were talking about the differences between Gen Z and millennials. And guess what? They don't like each other. Um, there's some different characteristics there. The point, though, for us, for our consideration today on this topic is this. Both of those generations of individuals have grown up in a time when they've been repeatedly lied to by advertising. In a lot of ways, lied to by a lot of the events that they've experienced in the world. They do not trust advertising, period. They much more trust what other folks that they respect are going to share with them. Now, in some extreme cases, it might be an influencer on Instagram that they like that many people in the audience might say, why would they listen to them? More often, it's somebody just like them who had the same challenge or experience and came to a solution. Typically, that's described in story format. Sue is a person just like you. She's the same age. She had the same problem. She used this product or hired this company or or used this service. It worked. And they'll remember the story about Sue and respect that experience far more than a 30-second television commercial where, you know, like you're sitting there minding your own business, watching whatever show you're watching, 
and the commercial comes on and the volume is 10 times louder and there's a marching band and confetti and all kinds of crazy stuff and somebody in a shark skin suit that you don't trust, right? It's a different generation. So those are the three main reasons. It's fascinating because sales, remember my intro about the icky and sleazy, and because they've been duped and sold a bag of goods or whatever it is, that they were deceived in some way and in life to to a certain extent, right? Get that degree, get that job, you'll make a million dollars. So they've been lied to. You're right, right? Society has has quote unquote lied to them. So um, when I, it was so funny, I did a post about uh, Ted Lasso. On yes. LinkedIn. I love and Ted Lasso. Great, great show. Everybody yes. should watch it if you have it. And I think it's on Hulu um, or yep. Disney Plus, whatever. But it's on, it started it. out on Apple TV. I'm not sure where it is now. Apple, that's the one. But yep. anyway, listen, you got to go back and watch it. Another season's mm-hmm. coming out. The core piece of the puzzle, though, is they were setting up Ted Lasso, the coach, who's a, who's a uh, football coach, soccer in, in the UK, setting him up for failure. Right. And he believed in his team and he believed in building a team. And net net, they actually become quite successful, right? A lot of challenges along yes. the way. So I happen to use that at, from a sales perspective to say, you know, what team are you building and how are, mm-hmm. you know, are they working together? Are they serving the client, right? Because it's always about the client. Yes, Do you is. know my inbox blew up my on LinkedIn? They were all the younger generations. They weren't my peers. And they were yeah. saying, I love how you like who brings Ted Lasso into business first. They thought yeah. that was cool, but they they loved the message because they had just watched Ted Lasso, understood the concept and then how they can relate that to their customer, their business, their career, whatever it might be. That's the power of that storytelling. And I think finding the the trust, right, that yes. that I made that connection for them. That's something relevant, a TV show that's relevant today. But th- but they could bite into that with the logic of what I was trying to teach in that post. It's basically, kind of, I, I, am I getting it right? Let oh, yeah, you absolutely you absolutely are. And, and I think, you know, for you and me and I suspect for everybody in the audience, we're not as interested in building a book of business or a business that's one and done. Correct. We want those relationships. And to your point about trust, the storytelling, sharing the right story with the right people in the right place at the right time is how you start to gain that trust. And if that is successful, you begin a dialogue and that dialogue becomes that relationship. And if we think back to what we talked about a few minutes ago about banks, I mean, I know in my business, I know who my banker is. We have a relationship. And you know what? We started out with one kind of a product from that bank. That's right. and now we have several more. And I think that's what they want over there at the bank. They want us to have a, a deeper relationship and, and be using more of their services and products, right? Absolutely, 100%. And it starts with the relationship, which is about yeah. trust and the story, If especially if it's an authentic story that, you know, like you and I have immigrant parents, right? Yes. People can relate to that if they have immigrant parents, right? They know, especially we're both Italian. So that Italian work ethic, you know what, yeah. you know, you kind of intuitively know what you're going to get if you hire a Paul or a Connie, because we know what hard work is and we're not afraid of it, right? We almost embrace it. So the, another question that what can a capital story do? Let's kind of stick with that yes. sales and marketing that right. other approaches are, just are falling short. 
So uh, the reason why the book is titled Why Your Story Drives Your Brand is, is too often it's easy for us to get in the shiny object syndrome. Yes. And we start our thinking about marketing uh, today. It would be, oh, do I need a Facebook page or do I need to be on LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And my answer would be, well, it depends on what story you need to tell to get to the audience that's most valuable to you, right? Maybe that audience isn't on Facebook or LinkedIn. Maybe you don't need to make a new logo or spend a bunch of money on on brochures, you know? Too often the way people approach this aspect of sales and marketing, Connie, it reminds me of somebody deciding they're going to go to California and they just jump in the car and they go, "Where, where are you going? I'm going to California. Where in California? I don't know. Everybody else is going, so I think I need to go. And and so the capital S story, it's a simple concept. It's also a strategic concept. Yep. You have to have your story first. You need to know who your audience is, what they want to hear from you, and, and how your authentic story relates to that. And one of the things I discuss in the book, over the years at our company, we've developed our own trademark process called story crafting to uncover, develop, and then share this capital S story concept. And we use a number of tools along the way. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help our clients create what we call an archetypal story. So, Connie, if I said to you, I got a new client and they're a David and Goliath story, you don't have to be a biblical scholar to know that that's the underdog. It's the little guy taking on the big guy. That's an example of an archetype. For success with your capitalist story, it's a combination of finding the right archetypal story and marrying that with the authentic specifics of your business, right? So that you could say something like, just like uh, David took on Goliath and, and knocked him down, our technology business does A, B, and C to produce X, Y, and Z results. Uh, you know, we worked with somebody years ago, and uh, their, their archetype was Houdini, Okay, and this person interviewed with the CEO of a company uh, to work with them. And uh, later on, the CEO couldn't remember the name of the company. Uh, I'll bet this has never happened to anybody in the audience that somebody said to them, oh, I was going to call you, but I couldn't remember your name or whatever. So the CEO says to his assistant, get me Houdini. And this poor woman had to go find Houdini. But she did. She did. Because, see, the CEO remembered that kind of a story. And it turns out in that case that the value proposition was a tech expert. No matter what your technical computer problem was, like Houdini, he could get you out of it, right? Cool. That's so cool. Isn't that fun? I have a question. So the archetype. 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 Yeah. So you have Houdini, you have... well, so there, Goliath, are there certain ones or you craft it based on the business? You craft it based on the business okay. from there's 12 major families of archetypes that are recognized. And, and by the way, for the audience, you'll see these everywhere. Uh, great movies, books that you love, plays, you name it. So, for example, for anybody who's a Star Wars fan, Luke Skywalker is the outlaw archetype. So is Dirty Harry. So is Robin Hood. In business, so is Southwest Airlines. Think about Robin Hood for a minute. Takes from the rich, 
gives to the poor, right? That's right. the basic idea. The Southwest Airlines corollary is all the airlines do stupid stuff. Southwest doesn't. Literally, <laughs> in their advertising in, in recent years, you know, very Robin Hood-like, and they'd use their real employees too, which is cool. But, you know, they would have um, gate agents uh, rescuing employees by removing them from other airline counters and taking them. They had a baggage people rescuing the bags, you know, from the airline's airplane. So, I love it. The, the 12, you know, and I could tick through them all, the, the, the jester, the magician, uh, the sage, the explorer, the outlaw, the caregiver, the hero, the innocent. You know, those, those are most of them right there. Each one of those represents a family. And there can literally be thousands uh, of archetypes. And when we work with our clients, for instance, when we work with a client in healthcare. Well, for, and I just wrote an article about this that was uh, published in, a, in Healthcare Business Today. Doesn't every company that works in healthcare, aren't they kind of a caregiver, right? I, you would hope. Right? Well, I mean, like, you know, I came across a company, they keep ambulances maintained. Well, if the ambulance isn't maintained and you need the ambulance, that's bad. Yeah. So aren't they part of that? So if everybody's a caregiver, right, then there's no differentiation. So that's why combinations are important, right? It helps people, again, back to the digital clutter and the overload we all experience. It helps people provide the context to understand what you do. Okay, you're not just a company that does maintenance for commercial fleets. You're in healthcare. So you're a certain kind of a caregiver, right? You, you might be the everyman caregiver, and every man is another, think of Jimmy Stewart, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, yeah. um, that great black and white film from the 30s where he's, you know, standing on the floor of the Senate with this incredibly long filibuster fighting uh, the powers that be. If you make it possible for anybody in the world to get an ambulance when they need it by maintaining the ambulances, then you are some combination of every man in caregiver, right? So I hope that gives you an idea of how, how these Love things it. work together. Love it. And, and that's the clarity <clears throat> because we all know those stories. So it makes yes. it so much easier to translate for our ideal client. Yes. To say, this is exactly what resonates with me, exactly what I need right, right now, because we know that story. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things we've done in our work, just to give the audience a little bit of context, um, and there's a lot of science that shows how the brain works with stories that we can perhaps talk about if we have time. But two people who have informed our work, and of course, we're technically in the marketing field, Carl Jung, the famous yes. psychoanalyst, yep. and Joseph Campbell, the mythologist. So just very quickly for the audience to give them an idea of why this is so important and why it works so well. So Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud are two of the best known uh, psychoanalysts in, in history, right? Yep. So Jung is practicing in Switzerland during World War I. And World War I and World War II, there's Switzerland in the middle of Europe a neutral country, okay, not fighting anybody. So what happens is people are coming to Switzerland from all these other countries who are experiencing the terrors of war. And he's putting these people on his couch. And what does he discover? No matter the language, the level of economic attainment, where they came from, the people he's seeing are all telling the same stories. They're having the same dreams, right? Which leads Jung to this concept he calls the collective unconscious, 
in which he believes that human beings said one way or another, we all tell the same stories all the time. So that's the archetypal story thing from one perspective. Joseph Campbell, uh, who George Lucas actually worked with to develop the Star Wars movies, one of the most famous academics who never got a PhD. So during the Depression, Campbell wanted to get a PhD and no university would take him. So instead, he traveled the world. As he traveled the world and learned, he discovered that regardless of culture, geography, economic containment, language, every culture he visited around the world, we were telling the same stories over and over again. Now, one story for for Campbell stood above the others. It's known as the monomyth of a hero's journey. And if you think about most popular culture that we're exposed to, especially as my wife would call them, the bang, bang, shoot em up films, that's, <laughs> that's the archetype that you see there, right? You know, and, and we could, you know, John Cena films and um, uh, the Rocky movies yes, and you know, Rambo. Rambo okay. yeah. Right. Okay. There are more archetypes than that, obviously. And not everybody in business is a Rambo. Because we'd all be shooting each other and killing each other, right? That would be uh, bad. <laughs> that would be bad. But I think you get the basic idea there. And Campbell realized that the power of story was the one unifying factor in every culture that he studied around the world. It became his life's work. So right there, you've got two giants of thinking who validate the importance of having a great story to share. And we all have a great story to share. The problem in business too often is we see what the competitor is doing and we think, oh, we have to do that too. Oh, they changed their logo, so we'll change our logo too. Or they get a new website, we got a new website. And the focus of our work is suggesting that might be necessary, but it also might not be. What is critically important all the time is uncovering your great story. What's the passion, the reason you got into business? Why does your business exist? Why do you go to work every day, right? Why do people buy from you, right? Those four questions, the answers to those questions, that's your story. That is your most powerful marketing asset. It's the only one that only you uniquely own, right? You might be in a business where you're selling some product and there might be three other competitors who sell exactly the same product. So you can all compete on price until you put each other out of business right. or else you have to find another reason why somebody should buy from you rather than the other guy. Hello, you've got a great story. Where is it? Are you using it? You know what I think, Paul, too, with it, just we're inundated with you need the right copy. Your subject line mm-hmm. matters. We're, we're yeah. so in the weeds on this stuff. We do get in the weeds, yes. And, and it, we're put, we keep putting the cart before the horse. So we're spending tens of thousands of dollars on yes. the wrong stuff because we're yes. starting at the wrong place. So we're, we're putting pieces of the puzzle that are from different puzzles. We're not creating our own puzzle. That's, that's right. kind of the visual as you're, as you're describing this. By the way, you're just a great storyteller because as you're giving these examples, examples you're telling the story of why we need a story so it's just so impactful but yes we keep taking puzzle pieces from different puzzles and trying to make it our own and what we have is is just a hot mess instead of starting with our story and then 
do we need a new website or do we just need to go in and tweak what we already have instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and doing total new marketing, total new email campaigns and all these things. We really are. and, and, And I think it's because. You're right. We're listening to the other people out there that do what yes. I do and they're spending money on this. Well, I, I better go and look at that. What, what should I be doing? What am, what am I missing versus who am I at the core? And yes. then let me start and build from there. It's, it's the, the fear of missing out, right? We fear like we're missing out on something and that we're not good enough. It goes back to that as well. It what, does. I don't know. How do you land with that one? Oh, I absolutely. Uh, it's very important because let's face it. For those of you who are in the audience, I suspect not all of you are running Fortune 500 companies. Right. Okay. So everything we do, especially in American business, we compare it to those big companies, right? And that leads to the business variation of the imposter syndrome, right? You know, I'll use Southwest and I'll talk about Nike and some other big companies as examples. And people will sometimes say to me, Connie, well, I'm not Nike. I'm not Southwest. Well, absolutely you are not. And the only reason I use them as examples is because they don't require a whole hell of a lot of explanation. You may not like Nike shoes, but you know who they are. You may never have flown Southwest, but you know who they are, right? right. So they're, they're good examples for the rest of us. But by and large, the majority of business leaders and businesses who need to share their story are not big household names. You can have great success doing this anyway. Whatever pond you're fishing in, whatever universe you live in, the same human biology drives the interactions and the relationships that we need in order to be successful. A hundred percent. And it's funny because when I teach, I say there's always two conversations going on. The one is very conscious. About 10% of our conversations are, you know, body language. We can see each other right now. We're speaking English, right? All of those things. There's 90% that is the subconscious, which is exactly what you're talking about. Why should someone buy from us? They're making that decision at the subconscious level. They don't know that it's a subconscious level, but it's all emotionally charged. Somebody recently said that that people don't buy an emotion. And I thought, wow, in my 40 years of sales, people absolutely buy on emotions, the the connections to you. How does it feel to them if they buy what you're selling? Is it going to serve something in their life immediately to help them with, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you're selling? So it is absolutely 90% unconscious through feeling and emotions that people make these decisions. So if we can fast, fast forward that whole process, because we're using that story, like you said, David and Goliath, I know who they are. So how do do I brand or how do I come from that perspective? Because that's that that's at the core of my business, of my soul, right? Me, the, the business owner. Um, that's what people are going to buy. They're going to buy that emotional connection. And yes. here's the other thing. And, and I know we're out of time, but I, I just, the other thing, Paul, I think when we get the story clear that the ideal client's find us because we're clear with our story in the first okay. place. 100% so naturally and organically people will find us because they're like, where have you been my whole life? You're, you're the business I've been looking for. You're the solution I've been looking for. Is that what you find with your clients? Often? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we sometimes refer to this process you just described as synaptic shortcuts, right? Yes. I don't have to go through a slide of features and benefits and bullet points to explain 
people get it right away, which goes kind of back to what we talked about with Jung a few minutes ago. His collective unconscious concept was that the brain is already hardwired for story and there are stories that we already kind of know. So if I don't have to explain my story to you, I can say my story is exactly like this story you already know. What's different about it are the specifics of my business. Wow. Look at how much clutter I've cut out of the conversation. Right. I'm already at the point that you described. And, you know, to your point, I love this uh, truism. People decide rationally, they buy emotionally. Yeah. I really do believe that's true. We do our core work is with providers of complex services and products and healthcare, you know, medical devices, services, uh, law firms, accounting firms, you know, like law firms. You don't hire a lawyer unless they have a law license. That's just the way it is. That's yeah. a freaking table stake. So what beyond that? Beyond that is what we're talking about. It's that authentic story that separates one firm from another and allows, as you said, the person who needs legal services to make that emotional connection, right? Because the story, ideally, that's shared by the firm that's hired is the one that makes the most sense to them, that they can see themselves being a part of, working with that kind of a lawyer, that kind of a person. It, again, I, if I don't feel the connection, it, it goes back to how we started. It's yes. about building relationships. And if the person doesn't want to be in the relationship, they don't trust me. Um, Gen Z's millennials, that's what they're going through. And, yes. and since this is such a big population now that's buying, we yes, have is. to serve them where they are and how they feel. And we need to address that, I think, authentically and organically. Um, it's just this is such a fascinating subject, you know, and, and it goes back to the cavemen. How, yes, did, how do we have history Right. From when we didn't have journals and we didn't have books, right. and we didn't have tablets that we could write on. Right. They did things on stones through hieroglyphics, but they were sharing those stories. Um, and that's the same thing coming forward. So, again, we get caught in the weeds and all the we stuff do. we need. Start with the basics. Go. It's going back. It's like going back to base camp. Right. Yes, it is. Basic training, if you will. Basic training. And, and it's also, you know, it's simple, but it's also very strategic. This is your roadmap for success. Your story is your roadmap for success. Before you start, you know, back to my California analogy, before you start deciding what hotel you're going to stay in, whether you need to rent a car or an RV or any of those other decisions, don't you really want to know why you're making the trip in the first place? Yeah. Time and money, man. Let's save time and money, right? You got to start with with the basic story. Everyone, I I don't know about you, but I think we all need Paul in our life. So (laughs) go to his website. Don't you like that? I like it. Go to Paul's website, which is wordwritepr.com. And write is W-R-I-T-E because we're talking about writing, right? So wordwritepr.com. I will put that in the show notes. If you have a question specific that you'd like to kind of tap into Paul to see what he's about, go to paul.furiga, F-U-R-I-G-A at wordwritepr.com. Again, I promise I will put that in the show notes. Last thing, we have a free gift. Yes, we um, do. Story crafting. Uh, I'll put the link. Briefly tell us what, what the free gift helps uh, my listeners do. They're going to get a chapter from my book, Finding Your Capital S Story, that'll enable them to open the hood on their own business and really start exploring what their story might be. And that's at wordwritepr.com forward slash storycrafting. 
Perfect. And again, I'll put that in, guys. You could backlink and you could find the free gift, which I highly recommend. Um, I love the free gifts. Number one, I love giving my listeners, you know, free things that they can hopefully learn from. Because at the end of the show, I always say, Paul, information's great, right? We shared some stories, we shared some ideas. I think we covered the topic in fairly good detail in a very short period of time. Information, beautiful thing. What are you going to do with it? The free gift lets them hear this this conversation and then take it and apply it to their real life, their real business. And that's where the magic starts happening. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for just being a great guest. Again, sharing so much valuable content, not only just valuable, but usable content that people could start percolating immediately after, you know, listening to the show that they could start to think, what is my story? Do I have a story? If I don't have a story, why? What should my story be? Who am I? All of those and the four questions go back to the beginning where Paul went through those four questions. Another good place to start as well as um, reading that chapter in his book. That's our free gift um, from today's show. Paul, thank you again. Um, Just love having you on my friend. Love having you on. Likewise, and thanks to your audience as well for hanging with us and and listening. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you all for joining me um, and listening to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. With me, your host, Connie Whitman. As always, I'm honored that you're on this journey with me. And I hope that my guests and I provide just ideas, stories that you could take forward and use in your life, hopefully to make your business thrive, your career grow, um, and just make life a heck of a lot more interesting as well as easy. That's what we're all about here on Changing the Sales Game. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Paul. I'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. 